Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, lads and lasses, and those who don't subscribe to the gentle, welcome to the GOT Got Questions Podcast with Spencer and Lee Spencer. Say hey to people. Hey, everybody. Well, we are here, Spencer. It's late, mm-hmm. but we have watched Game of Thrones 71. <laughs> I do love that we don't get the titles when these episodes run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's late. We've watched the episode. This is the reaction pod. Spencer, what'd you think? I liked the first half of the episode quite a bit. And I thought the second half of the episode conjured in my mind several of the things I didn't like last season. And I worry that they're going down the pathway of some of the things in last season that continued to annoy me and make them the subject of the next few episodes. Okay, don't be cryptic. Say say what annoyed you. Uh, that, again, Tyrion and Danny and all of her advisors fell for an obvious trap, forgotten obvious piece on the chessboard they knew Cersei had, walked right into another trap, and are just continually voluntarily playing Cersei's game in a way that frustrates the crap out of me. Does it really? Because you're going to, you're going to make like $300. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't (laughs) want to, if it's going to be plotted like that. I hate, hate they have Jamie going back to Cersei with the explicit desire to want to go back to Cersei. Not, I need to stop her, but I need to be with her, which I didn't read it that way when the episode did. And then I watched the after notes and they said, they straight up said, no, that's what he's doing. And I'm like, oh, fucking shit. Okay. So I'm in my office right now. We're recording and my cat wants to get out of the room. Mm -hmm. So what I need you to do, Spencer, while I let her out is talk for, I don't know, two minutes about Jamie Brienne. Go. Uh, Jamie Brienne, I... It's one of those qualities of relationship where I enjoyed the potential and the flirtation better than potentially the execution. I thought the scene was heartfelt, but like so much of this episode, I really appreciated the back half bit, the first half build rather than the back half payoff of where the flirtation and the shared drinks they had at the table, the game that we haven't seen since uh, Tyrion's drink game we haven't seen since uh, season one was great. Um, Was that season one or season two? Uh, that was back in season one when he first meets Shay and he, uh, Shay and Bronn and he are sharing a drink together in a tent before the battle scene where Tyrion gets knocked out. So it's way back friggin' there. Woo! There's a lot of good callbacks to prior seasons, which I very much enjoyed in the first half of this. The first half of this was a very classic. Where are the characters? How are they coping? Where are they plotting out? And I really enjoyed that, including in terms of the Jamie Brienne. When it played out in terms of the scene together, I found the scene being a little bit abrupt, a little bit uncomfortable, but it was still heartfelt and whatever else. And then they essentially completed their relationship inside of a couple minutes, and now we'll probably never see Brienne again, and Jamie's going back to Cersei to see how that plays out. And that's... Oh, disagree with all of that. You think think, uh, Brienne's going to follow him? Uh, Yeah, no, I think... think (laughs) So, (laughs) we can get into it, but... I think at this point, uh, Jamie's in, or uh, sorry, Danny is in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, but John is coming with reinforcements, and I think that will include Brienne. <laughs> Way too and many I reinforcements. Think, uh, but I, I actually think that that the reason that they have done this with Jamie, right, mm-hmm. where he has he has gone south again, is he's going to fulfill the prophecy, my friend. Yeah, but they don't have to. He's do- going to kill Cersei. Yes, and they can set that up in a variety of ways that doesn't have Jamie immediately returning to I love Cersei regardless of what she does and regardless of anything else again. We were so hopeful we'd gotten out of that mindset that we'd see a bit of book Jamie again. And if they're giving him, I know that this is why they're sending him back, to complete the prophecy potentially, to get in a position of where he actually can more than anyone else hurt her. 
but I hate that he's going to the situation with love for her again. That that's his motivating factor rather than anything else. Yeah, I don't like that either. That's Not at all. I'm fine with them going back. We predicted that. That works. He's the only person getting close to her reasonably. But having it be for that reason rather than I need to protect King's Landing the same way I did before. I need to end her because I'm as much responsible for anything else. Those kind of motivations I'm down with. Maybe he'll eventually get there. Presumably he will. But I hate that that's the explicit reason that they're sending him south for. Okay, can we do this? Can we do a little... Pour some out for Miss Ende? Yeah, I mean, I... Oh. moment she entered Cersei's custody, she was not leaving alive. But nope. that was still a brutal scene. Yeah, cut her head off right there in front of... Grey Worm is going to be fired up. Although, like... I, they... Uh, Danny's forces seem pretty fucking confident considering they had a Why? dragon that that can't get anywhere close to the capital yeah. obviously because they can kill dragons they just killed Rhaegal and she's got 12 people like what why how is she so confident I don't understand I mean I get I mean in terms of her existing forces they are in no way substantial but she as they as Varys said out to her she has various Allied groups that are now flocking to her banner in opposition to Dorn Cersei. is coming. Dorn. Dorn is coming. The Vale is presumably sending all of their forces as they go through the Riverlands. You better believe they're going to rally a lot of River Lords to their cause. She's essentially put a claimant to the uh, to to uh, Storm's End to uh, bring the Bra- to bring the Storm Lords and the Baratheon can, lands under can command. We, can we take a second for that? Yeah. Gendry. We yeah we call Gendry. We've been talking about Danny doing that for a while, but that was a great scene. It, it was, the Lord of Storms End. It, it makes oh, sense. A, 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 a member of the royalty can legitimize a bastard, as we've seen before in the book and show. And it makes a very, it is a wise decision on Danny's part to do that. It further undermines any basis of support from Cersei and brings another region potentially under command. It's a well played move and. It, made for a wonderful scene for Gendry there, which immediately played out in pain of when he goes to Arya and they replay a scene from season one with Arya and, Arya and uh, Ned. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Um, what is Varys doing? Because it seems like Danny's in trouble. It, <laughs> I, of many people in this world that I do not want determined that I am a potential threat to the realm, Varys is high. Um, and it's yeah, it's so interesting to me though, when you think about like the, within the context of how this show has played out mm-hmm. that varies now has flipped and actually wants John mm-hmm. to be the ruler. And, and it seems like he's like in, in Tyrion seemed to understand that varies was going to absolutely undermine, uh, Danny's rule. Yeah. And I think Tyrion knows probably better than anybody that if Varys intends that to happen, it's going to happen. Will. So he either needs to, <laughs> yep. in some ways, restore a degree of confidence in Danny's ability to rule, either linking her to John in the way they keep talking about, or he needs to uh, act in some shape or form, which Varys, to his res- ultimate respect for Tyrion and willingness to let Tyrion have the first move, basically just told Tyrion, you get to make the call here. That I'm doing what I'm doing, and you can do with what you want of that information. If you want to turn on me, you can try. If you and he didn't, by the way, you didn't. At least not yet. Yeah, no, I really don't feel good about Danny at this point because, like, you have the Stark children completely aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is this is actually playing out in a way that like we thought it might, but we actually didn't want it to, mm-hmm. which is everyone rallying behind John. Yeah, and he doesn't want it, obviously. No. 
I mean, th- this is kind of the scenario we... But we, she doesn't really have... Like, I mean, she has nothing. She has, like, a dragon that she can't use to burn King's Landing, and she has, like, 12 Unsullied. It, like... I mean, presently. I mean, John, John and the Allied forces and the bulk of the Unsullied are still coming south. Uh, they're going to yeah, rally but, but, more forces but, as they go, potentially. Right, but, like, you know, as you were talking about, like, all of the different forces that were going to come to to Danny, like... I feel like Varys may have, like it's like think about the Dornish, right? Yeah. Like of of course Varys could turn them. They could be coming to John. Realistically, the northern forces, the the Vale, the Riverlands, like all of them could be coming to John. Very much so. Probably to John. I mean, pretty much anybody that is you know, north of King's Landing, if they come, they're coming for John or Sansa telling them to come for John. The Dornish will most likely come for Danny to the degree that they come. The Reach, to the degree it's even a region anymore, will probably remain neutral. That uh, was very that was very questionable to me. Like, do they have any forces? Like, I, I didn't understand that. And, I mean, it seems like the Reach has just gone real uh, anarchic feudal at this point, of where the reason that they were able to conquer Highgarden in the first place was that a lot of her lords either backed the Lannisters or just stayed neutral. And so I'm betting most of them are just going to wait this out rather than take any active part in this in the war, war that comes. Um, but, I mean, it's one of the interesting situations of where we called a lot of this about how this would play out. And just particularly, we how many times did we reiterate that Quiburn was going to line King's Landing with those scorpions everywhere? Yeah. Uh, and and let's let's pour out a little for our man Rhaegal. That was, I mean, I, as that they was were, tough. That, he got he got murked quick. And and by the way, which we talked about in the last episode, uh, Drogon cracks me up because he he is very defensive. Like <laughs> Drogon, Drogon understands what bolts are. Yeah, and he just gets the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. I, when 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 she was flying over, I was just turning to Bridget and just mumbling to her, okay. They're being really cocksure about this. They haven't seen Euron's fleet in a while. They haven't been back to Dragonstone in a while. Cersei yeah. presumably knows they're coming, and they're just flying and just landing without issue, and then immediately bolts start flying through the air. I mean, it's like, we talked about this previously, about how annoying it was getting in the last season that everybody kept on forgetting that Euron's fleet was a thing. And... They're just sailing with a small portion of their forces to Dragonstone and thinking that's going to be fine. Yeah. That was so, dumb. Yeah, I agree. But, like, question for you. Do you think that, like, the reason they let Rhaegal die is to make it a little bit more equitable between Jon's forces and Danny's? Yeah, I think it's an element of that. And because also- if, if Rhaegal had survived, and John comes down and like, you know, everybody is pushing his claim and he, he has a dragon. Like he clearly like, it, you know, is in a position of strength. Right. Sure. And I think it's also just to inform us that the last time we saw, um, Quiburn scorpions at work, they were clearly a smaller model. And though they hurt Drogon, they didn't really necessarily pierce him that deep and didn't look like they really necessarily get through his hide. They really wanted to inform us that not only are the, there's a, a certain parody in forces and that, Danny's forces are really acting overconfident for what they currently have in the field or what even potentially they, they no can bring one. to bear. I mean, we'll talk about that in one second. But I think they also wanted to just remind us and expl- and tell demonstrate to us that Quiburn's inventions are lethal and they're a game changer. And that it really complicates the board for what even Danny wants to do at this point. 
Yeah, and it was like <laughs> when we get toward the end of this episode, it was kind of shocking to me how much confidence Danny had for no good reason. She she had like what like twenty people there. Like it was nobody. Like her unsullied. She doesn't have anybody. And uh, Drogon had to stay back uh, for the reasons you just talked about. We've talked before about what kind of forces Danny has. I think the, sh- the show really went with the idea that the unless we saw them die, they were somehow surviving off camera in terms of how many of her forces are potentially left. But even if you take it, take their word that like between a third and half of her army is still in some way intact, they're outnumbered. They're plainly outnumbered by the. Well, intact- we didn't see them. We didn't see them. Right uh, outside of King's Landing, like well, there was nobody there. Well, John and Gang hadn't marched there yet. They said so, so that they were fortnight away, which makes it really freaking dumb that they would just assemble before the walls and expect that to be okay. Because what stops yeah, exactly. Cersei from just ordering out the Lannister and Gold Company cavalry to ride them down? I kind of thought that was going to happen. Like I was what? really not feeling good about Dan. I mean, I guess Danny could have got out of there because Drogon would have got her. Drogon was Drogon was off like five hundred yards away. Yeah, well, he would have he would have probably made a, a play for getting Danny out of there, but like, yeah, dude, like she had nothing. She had nothing. And she was, yeah. But she had she had nothing in a way that Cersei had her in, imminently in her power if she wished to do so, and it's almost weird that she didn't. They assembled so close to the damn walls that if Cersei just turned those scorpions down with the range we saw of them in that naval battle, they could have just buried all of them in metal. Um, I don't know why Cersei didn't just kill them all right there when they're vulnerable. Other yeah, than she's, I mean, the only explanation reasonably is the reason that Danny cocky. It's the only re, yeah. It's a mix between cockiness and potentially tr- uh, trying to appeal to the same forces that Danny is in terms of appearing as merciful and above it all. But she doesn't give a fuck about that. So why would she? Why would she make, make those that make those actions? And we've yeah. seen before that Cersei's cocky. But in some ways, she's a lot more grounded than Tyrion and Gang are. She's the one that will cut your throat when she has the opportunity to do it, regardless of how good she thinks her position is, because she's in a good enough position to cut your throat. Question for you. Why didn't she kill Tyrion? I don't know. I don't know. I I really thought that was the end of Tyrion. I very much thought she was going to kill Tyrion right there, and I thought it would have made more sense for her to do so. I mean, she's just going to kill Missendei. You've already you've confirmed there's going to be no peace, so why not kill her lead advisor and a guy that you deem an immediate threat to your family? Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know why she didn't. Um, I don't know why she I... didn't pull the trigger and just kill them all. I don't know. I mean, how many cavalry does the gold company say to have? Two thousand horse. We know the Lannisters are pretty, the Lannister army is a pretty strong cavalry army. They just could have ridden them down, and that would have been it. Well, the the golden company is twenty thousand. But I mean, how many in the those, show? In the show, I know. But how many of those were mounted cavalry? They said there's something like two or three thousand horse. I don't remember how many. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's trouble. Um, but <laughs> I kept. It was funny because like I, while that scene was playing out, I just kept yelling like, "Where is John? Where is John?" Yeah. But question for you before we wrap up: um, It seems like the Stark children are really pushing John's claim. I mean, they were. Well, oh, well, we know Sansa appears to be, and Sansa... First off, Sansa can't keep a secret. Can we just talk about that? (laughs) Sansa can't keep a secret, but she did did so very purposefully. I mean, I fully believe she told Tyrion for the purpose of putting a seed of doubt and questioning in him. And also for... Which worked, because he told... Which worked, because he told Varys, and then Varys flipped. Yeah. I mean, Varys has... 
and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but my interpretation is he has flipped on Danny. He is pretty damn certain at this point that Danny is willing to do anything necessary to kill and defeat Cersei, and that's not the kind of leader he wants. That's not the kind right. of person he wants to support here. That's not who he's invested so much time and effort in. So, yeah, he's... Unless he sees something change, or unless he's actually convinced that a marriage alliance will work, he's done. I mean, it was, yeah, it's just it's just nuts to me. Like, I, I <laughs> you know, this was a long episode. It was. Way. It was like it was like uh, I think it was like eighty minutes. It's one of the longest like, episodes, period. Yeah, but it, it it was interesting to me how quickly everyone flipped. Like, even Tyrion was like sort of struggling with it, right? Yeah, like. Should I flip on Danny or not? And I think Danny is in a much weaker position than she understands. I, mean, I think Danny, in some ways, part of the reason she was so eager to leave the North quickly was how how much she was realizing that. Like when they did the scene at the feast of when she was watching the room and watching who everybody was responding to yeah. and loyal to. And yeah, just, that was tough. And she told John that I've seen that before, but never here in Westeros, never from mm-hmm. anyone here. And yep. the bulk of her non-Westerosi forces are dead. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I think we're setting up for, in the next episode, Cersei is destroyed. And then we get, like, a kind of Danny versus John. That will be... And I think John's going to win. Like, I think I think John has more support than her, which is, I don't know. It's not good. It's It just becomes a question of who's the more cutthroat. And I think if it really comes down to who's going to win a knife fight, uh, you know, emotionally, practically, politically... I'm betting on Danny there if it's that kind of situation. John's only going to win if he has just an overwhelming hand. Because I don't think he's going to play dirty when it comes to fighting fighting Danny. All right. You ready for a bet? What's the bet? Uh, my bet is John sits the throne. It sits the thro- sits the throne at the end. I bet John puts is put in a position where he can and doesn't take it. Not uh, not, that, not that's not that's not the the bet I want. I want. You to say Danny sits the throne, and I say John sits the throne. I don't think that's. I don't think either of those are going to happen. Oh wow! Okay, interesting. I, I, my bet still stands in some ways for my prediction how the season will play out. Some some things have gone differently, but I think what is going to happen is that Danny will either lose or die. Cersei will either lose or die. John will be in a position to take the throne, may even ascend the steps, but will reject it and ride home. Um, and yeah, I just seven don't kings think they both kings live. Again. I just don't think they both live. I think either John or Danny is going to die. I very much agree that John or Danny is going to die. Most likely, Danny, Spe- yeah, particularly after too. this episode. But yeah, she she has way more faith in her dragon mm-hmm. than she needs to at this point. Like like Drogon wants no part of King's Landing. Like he's seen Rhaegal get got. Yeah, I mean, when we, we like, what does she have? I mean, she basically only has the reinforcements that John is going to bring, and presumably other kingdoms are going to bring to her banner. But she doesn't even know that. Um, yeah. I don't get how she's so cocky. I don't get how they can tell Cersei with a straight face, "Your line is over." Because, like Cersei, I'm looking at this going, "How are you figuring what? that?" Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, and I was saying that. I was saying that to Sarah. I was like. Why are they so confident? Yeah, I've nullified your only actual main attacking arm, your dragons, with just this array of scorpions all on my walls and my ships. I've got more forces than you do. I'm in a better position. They're fresh. They're ready to go. And let's just lay this out there plainly. After last season and this episode, I'm smarter than you. And can we talk about, like, and, and let's do this and then let's end. Yeah. 
John is the worst dog owner. <laughs> oh God, I've I hate ever that. like he just completely gave that. up on Ghost. He's like, oh yeah, well Take I it. don't need Ghost anymore. Not, like, like what the fuck? Not even petting him to say goodbye or something. Just looking and Ghost at him. like Ghost actually and and shout out to the show because Ghost actually had like a look at John like what like why are you leaving me? <laughs> yeah. It was actually kind of sad. Like it, like Ghost was like, what's going on here? And that was again of where uh, I, I didn't hear, I didn't hear your thoughts, so I'm curious. But I really thought the first half of this episode was quite strong, and the second half had a lot of weaknesses and a lot of problems. Yeah, I, I'll probably give you a, a much more nuanced sort of review of the episode. I can tell you that, like, I, I, first off, I don't like what they did with Ghost. Um, some of the goodbyes I thought were a little trite. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like we should have had a little bit more with John and Sam. I do feel like that's the that's the goodbye for John and Sam. Very much so. I, um, I did enjoy the, but the goodbye. We should have got a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tormund is the only character that at, at this point that I know is not going to die. Apparently, he just he just lives. He's actually, that's just that's just Tormund. <laughs> you cannot kill the giant Spain. He's going north. He's going home, and that I I fully expect we will not see him again. Yeah, but and then you had Jamie Brienne. Um, eh. 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 <laughs> I mean, but he he leaves her crying. Like, is that the like question for you, Spencer? Yeah. Uh, is this the last time we're gonna see Brienne? You me- like her like crying <sighs> as he leaves? Like that that's not a fitting end for her character, right? I don't think she'll leave unless Sansa gives her leave to do so. And I she may, she may, but I think the show may be content that it's done all it wants to do with that. Now it's straight. Jamie Cersei relationship and how that ends. Yeah, but question for you. Where the hell is Arya going to go? She's going to kill Cersei. Yeah, probably. And expects to die in the process, <laughs> I guess apparently. she just kills all the bosses. Like, that's just too I mean, I mean, It seems like she and the Hound are going to basically do what, uh, you know, Euron and Quyburn did to... Um, when, when Euron and Quyburn killed Danny's dragon, they were taking out one of her main power arms. It seems like... There you go. Arya and the Hound are going to do the same thing to Cersei and that they're going to go kill the mountain and potentially Cersei herself. Yeah, that may happen. And I don't, I don't see that playing out. I can't, if they have Arya also kill Cersei, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I can see myself like talking you down on a podcast after Arya kills Cersei. If they have Arya kill the Night King and Cersei in the same fucking season, I'm pissed. That's not how yeah. this goes. Yeah, well, then we'll start our Westworld podcast. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. Um, I enjoyed this. Uh, let's let's regroup, mm. uh, recoup <laughs> in, a, uh, in, a, in a couple days and, and do like a, a full podcast about this episode. I mean, there was a lot to talk about, it's right? Like it, was, about. it was a really long episode. I think we're going to do like a, a lot of... Um, uh, best line, right? Oh, there was a lot of good lines. It was a lot of good lines, and a lot again. I don't want to take a smoking episode. There were a lot of great scenes. It was a lot of well-written scenes. It was a lot of interesting interactions that played out. It's just fallen into some of the overarching plot points and recurring themes of season six that I'm that, that just raised my hackles. Yeah, I agree. Okay, that was our reaction pod. Uh, let's do the full pod later in the season. I enjoyed it, buddy. Till next time, mate. Get some sleep. Yep. See you.